Hey friends, welcome back to the old fashioned on purpose podcast. So we are approaching the holiday season again. Christmas is coming. And I think more than ever this year, I am just really feeling the urge to simplify. Now I'm not usually a big holiday person anyway. Um, I don't know what's, what's up with that. I just have never been someone who puts a ton of energy into decorating or doing all the extra, extra, extra things that come with a lot of our modern American holidays. Um, but maybe this year more than ever, I just want to keep things simple and less commercial and less consumer based. You feeling me? Like, I think a lot of you are also in the same boat. Part of it's just with the rising prices of everything. It feels crazy and out of control, but also just like this year more than ever, I've felt really drawn to buying less, uh, keeping less in my home. And I just don't want to feel obligated because of the societal norms around these holidays to just keep buying things we don't need or keep stuffing our homes full of stuff. So I've been rethinking a lot of aspects of holidays this year. And of course, a big part of that right now with Christmas coming is gift giving and what that looks like. And so today I thought it would be fun on the solo episode. I don't have a guest today. It's just me here in the office. I wanted to talk through some thoughts and some strategies and some ideas and practical tips around homemade gifts. Um, cause I think there's a lot to say here, not only just to give you guys some inspiration, if you're wanting to do some DIY gifts this year, but also just to kind of address some of the elephants in the room with this topic. Um, so should be good. So first things first, I want to tell you that I did create a little ebook with my team. They helped me put it together. It's about a hundred pages. It's beautifully designed and it has a ton, I think over 25 different DIY gift recipes. A bunch of them we're going to talk about in today's episode, but you know, if I were to give you all the instructions for those recipes on a podcast, that'd be really boring and dry, you know, quarter cup of this, half cup of this, blah, blah, blah. So all of the actual recipes are in that ebook. We priced it super low. It's seven bucks for a hundred page ebook. And we're going to drop the link or I will drop the link for that uh, ebook down in the show notes. So it's super easy. Just grab it. You'll have the recipes at your fingertips and off you go. So if you're listening today, get the ideas, then go use the actual recipes to get the job done. Okay. So elephants in the room when it comes to homemade gifts. Um, I don't know about you, but I kind of had or have, I say more past tense, this funny picture in my mind that pops up whenever someone says homemade gift. And maybe it's from my childhood. I feel like there's a lot better ideas floating around these days. Thank you, Pinterest, than there used to be. When I was a kid, my recollections around homemade gifts were things like, you know, paperweights made out of giant masses of salt dough or, you know, the, the ubiquitous handprint in a frame, which is nothing wrong with that, but you know, it's just how many handprints do you need or, uh, weird homemade Christmas ornaments or things like that. Right. So kind of, I never, I think, and I think that's safe to say for maybe the majority of us, there can be a weirdness attached to this idea of homemade gifts. Um, and the other, the other piece that I think we need to honor as we're thinking about simplifying for the holidays, and this is a tricky balance. I still struggle with it sometimes. Um, not everyone appreciates homemade gifts like maybe you and I do, especially if they're not homestead-minded, uh, if they're a little more conventional, modern culture-minded, they might not see your homemade brownie mix or your homemade candles or your hand-knitted socks in the same fond light that you do as someone who's, you know, crunchy and naturally minded and a weird homesteader like me. So you have to keep that in mind. And I, I know there have been times over the years when I have gifted 
something that I wanted to create for my own satisfaction. I gifted it to different family members and such, and they really weren't that impressed. Maybe they didn't say it, but I could just tell. So I'm trying to honor that as um, I feel compelled to simplify. Not everyone might be in that same boat. That doesn't mean we have to go buy all the made in China junk either, but there's just that piece to keep in mind as we talk about homemade gifts. So today I'm hoping to give you some ideas that will hopefully fit a wide variety of people on your list, whether they are super crunchy like you, or they're more conventional Walmart shoppers. We're trying to kind of bring them over to the dark side. Um, hopefully we can find a happy medium. So first off, before I get into the actual detailed practical ideas, I have three tips for you around gifts that are homemade. First off, just so we can elevate this experience and it doesn't feel too tacky. Cause like, I'm sorry, sometimes homemade gifts are tacky. There are tacky ones out there. There really are. I'm sorry. I'm just going to say it. Uh, doesn't mean it wasn't made with love, but sometimes it just feels a little weird. <laughs> so the first way we can kind of help elevate what we're giving is packaging really matters. It just shows you spent that little bit of extra time. It wasn't thrown together and that you that you care. So I love when I'm giving something homemade, whether it's a food item or it's a body care item or a home item to just think outside the box about how I can package it in a nice way. Instead of just sticking it in a gift bag, um, maybe I can use a really unique glass jar I got at a thrift store. I can grab some jute twine or some, you know, different organic twines or ribbons and use that to wrap it around. Um, with jars, I always think it's gorgeous to take a bit of greenery from your shrubs or trees outside, just a little sprig, and you can tie that in to your ribbon. So it just adorns the jar, whether that's food or whatever that you're giving. Um, little tags go a really long way. You can cut them yourself out of cardstock, or you can um, print them off online. Labels are fun. There's so many printable labels on the internet right now for probably anything you can imagine. And then if you have a graphic design program, which are pretty cheap or free, like Canva or PicMonkey, P-I-C-M-O-N-K-E-Y. You, there are templates on there for little gift tags. So whether you're giving um, homemade lotion or body scrub or, or whatever, you can print those off and make it look just a little more um, classy with what you're giving. Another thing to keep in mind is we're especially gifting towards people who maybe aren't as overall uh, indoctrinated into this DIY lifestyle as someone like you and I is just to think how we can personalize it for them and their interests. Even if their interests really have nothing to do with homemade or homesteading or whatever. Um, if we think outside the box, I think there are lots of ways to get creative and gift things that really fit them. And that feels really special. So, you know, maybe someone had to go gluten-free recently and you figure out how to make some gluten-free breads or something that, you know, they're not going to be able to find at the store. That's really special. It doesn't have to be pricey. It just feels really um, personalized. Maybe it's certain scents, you know, they love or colors or things like that. I think the more personalized, the better. Of course, that goes for any gift, but especially when we're talking homemade. Uh, and then my final kind of overarching tip for homemade gifts is when we can group different items together or kind of bundle them with some pretty packaging, that is often a slam dunk. So think about like, let's say you're making a homemade wood butter. So I have that recipe in our ebook where it's just a simple cream you make with very basic ingredients. You put it in a pretty uh, glass jar with a label and a tag. Uh, that's awesome on its own, but it's even cooler if you can grab a wooden spoon. Maybe you know someone who makes wooden spoons or there's a local artisan and package those together with a ribbon. That's 
super fun and super, um, homespun feeling. Maybe you, um, take, uh, homemade Play-Doh for the kids. You can mix up a batch of really awesome homemade Play-Doh recipes also in the ebook, um, and send it with essential oils, make it colored with fun, with fun, different, uh, dyes. And then instead of just giving the Play-Doh, which is fine if you do, but instead of just giving the Play-Doh, you could add in some different cookie cutters or different, uh, little rolling pins or things they could use to shape the dough. So when you just kind of think outside the box and group things together, uh, it gets really, really fun. So beyond that, I wanted to give you, just kind of talk you through some of the things I've given over the years, some of the things I've made over the years that I think are good candidates for homemade gifts and some of the considerations around them. So we'll kind of talk about these in terms of whether they're good for someone who's really into the more uh, homesteaderish adjacent type of lifestyle or someone who's a little more conventional, because I think there's kind of two different categories there. So first off, I just have to talk about tallow because I'm I've kind of had this renaissance of my passion for tallow lately. I found it, you know, a decade ago initially and figured it out and used it. And lately I've just been even more into it. I think I've talked about it on recent episodes, but if you have someone in your life who is homestead curious, right, who is open to that, then a really awesome gift with a lot, it's a good uh, conversation starter for someone who's a little more open to the homestead lifestyle, a little more homestead curious would be homemade tallow products, because it's definitely not something you're going to get at your typical uh, Walmart or Target. And it has amazing properties and it's supernatural and super fun. So uh, I've kind of restarted my level love affair with tallow. I first found it a decade ago and used it and, you know, thought it was cool. And I've been using it on and off since then. But lately, I think I've talked about this on previous episodes, like I've learned a little bit more about it and how good it is for our skin and all the cool things you can do with it. And I'm kind of obsessed. So my favorite thing is tallow balm. And I've told you before, I use it on my face from Tubes & Co. or I make it myself. So good for your skin. It's also, you can use it on your hands. You can use it on your lips. Uh, it's the cool thing about these natural ingredients is that, you know, the modern version of skincare says you have to use this on your under eye and this on your face and this on your hands and this on your rest of your body. Tallow doesn't care. Tallow is good for all the things. So if you have someone who's open to that, make them some tallow body butter. It's really basic ingredients. You whip it up. It's gorgeous when it's done. Put it in a cool jar. Um, you could also make tallow soap. Soap might be a little tricky right now because cold processed soap needs, I think about six weeks to cure. Don't quote me. I'd have to go look at my recipes. It's been a little while since I've made soap. Um, hot processed soap might be a little faster. And that is important because it could mean you're giving someone soap that isn't cured and hard yet, which won't necessarily hurt them. It just won't be as good to use. It'll be softer and melt away faster. So it might be a little late to make uh, cold processed soap, depending on the recipe. But tallow body butter can be made up in an afternoon and it's ready to roll. Um, I would say if you have someone who's squeamish about homestead stuff, maybe don't do the tallow because it is beef fat. And some people get worried about rubbing beef fat on their face. I don't know why, but it does happen. So um, anyway, another option if you don't want to do tallow or you can't access tallow is just a regular whipped body butter. Um, I have one that uses coconut oil as a base along with a few other ingredients. Rip, whip it up with some essential oils. It's just beautiful in a jar. It looks like whipped cream. It's not. My kids always want to eat it, um, but it's really impressive. And it holds an essential oil as a scent really, really well and feels really luxurious. 
Um, you can also do lotion bars, which are just a, just what they sound like a harder version of a lotion that you, you know, it's like a soap bar, but you're rubbing it on your hands and it's, um, moisturizing that way. You can get little tins at your, uh, local craft store or health food store or online and just measure your bars out. So they fit in the tins, wrap them in a little parchment paper, and that's super unique and fun. And you can tailor that with different essential oil scents or things like that. So those would be like a little more advanced. Also the homemade soaps can be, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say difficult. It just takes a little bit more time. Now, let's say you need a whole bunch of quick DIY gifts, um, for a, a group of people or, or you're doing, you know, 30 different little things at once for gift bags or stocking stuffers. Um, homemade scrubs work really, really well and they're really affordable and really easy. Now, this is one of those gifts where I think it's a little better to be bundled with something else because just on its own, it's basically just a jar of sugar and a little bit of oil. So it's maybe not quite what you would want to do is like the main gift if you're doing like a bigger gift for someone, but it's great for little quantities or bundled with something else. Um, scrubs are really customizable. So you can use coarse salt as your base. You can use just white sugar. You can use brown sugar, you can use coffee grounds, all sorts of things. And we have a bunch of recipes for different scrubs in the, or it's not a bunch, there's like two recipes for body scrubs and one for a lip scrub in the ebook. And there's, there's tons more online too. And you can go a million different directions in terms of, um, scent, scenting with different herbs or, you know, fruits, citrus, zest, essential oils. I mean, the sky's the limit. Hey friends, I'm interrupting this episode for just a second to give you a very exciting announcement. The 2023 Old Fashioned On Purpose Planner is officially here and it is shipping out as we speak. So people ask me all the time how I keep all the moving pieces of our life going forward. And honestly, my biggest trick is I plan it all out. I write everything down and I live and die by my planner. And for many years, I couldn't find a planner or a calendar that really fit our unique old-fashioned lifestyle, so I made one myself. This is our third year printing these, and I think this version is my favorite one yet. We updated the look, so it looks like an old-fashioned ledger, and it has all the parts you need to keep your homestead running, whether your homestead is big and out in the middle of the country or it's just in your backyard. We have trackers for your kitchen, your garden, and your farm animals. We have charts and inventories for pantries and seeds and garden planting and kitchen projects and menu planning, uh, in addition to weekly spreads, monthly spread, spreads, and project planners. So it's way too much to tell you about in the middle of a podcast episode. So head on over to prairieplanner.com for all the details and a sneak peek of the inside. Plus, we have sold out every single year with these. So do not wait to grab your own uh, you can place your order over at prairieplanner.com. So happy planning, my friends. And now back to our episode. Scrubs are one of those um, homemade body care products that once you realize how easy they are and how well they work, you'll never feel compelled to buy the store-bought versions again because it's just like, it's just, it's too easy. It's, too, it's super fun and they smell good. Um, other ideas that kind of fit in line with that would be homemade bath bombs. I've never actually made these, but I think it's pretty easy. You just probably need some sort of circular mold to make them look more professional. I think there's like citric acid and baking soda and things like that. Tons of recipes online. Um, dryer balls. My uh, 
daughter. I don't think any of my family members listen to this podcast. So I think we're safe or they won't listen to this episode in time to have the secret, uh, revealed. My daughter's making dryer balls for a bunch of family members this year. And it's just basically, uh, you get some hundred percent wool yarn and you wrap it all up. There's lots of tutorials online and you put them in a, a pair of nylons and then you dry them and it kind of starts creates that matting effect and you can scent them with essential oils and those are super fun. Um, I would say that leans a little more on the crunchy gift recipient side of things because not everyone's going to like think like I would think that's a great gift, but someone who's more like conventional laundry doer might think that's a weird gift. You know, this is a, this is a part of homemade gifts I think we need to talk about more. Well, everyone has like 500 homemade gift ideas on Pinterest. Like sometimes you have to sort those out so they're well received. Anyway, just my thoughts. Um, candles. If you can't do soap, you don't have time to do soap. Candles are in that same category, but super quick. Um, you can make melt and pour candles out of beeswax pellets or soy pellets. I prefer beeswax just because it's more, more natural. Um, something that would be more easily sourced locally, right? You can basically put a candle in any non-porous container. And I say non-porous because like, if you have a little stoneware container, it's not great because the wax and all that kind of starts to leach through, but a teacup, a Mason jar, whatever other random glass jars, you know, go to the thrift store or the dollar store and just stock up on unique creative things. And you can basically melt the wax pour it in, make sure your wick's in place in the middle and you're off to the races. Um, the one thing I have learned about wicks over the years, and this is just basic candle making stuff. I do not claim to be an expert in the candle world whatsoever, but I know that it's really important to have the right size of wick or the right ratio of wicks to the size of container. So if you have a giant, um, big wide mouth container, you can't use just one wick in the middle, obviously, because it will just burn a little puddle in the middle and it won't work on the wax in the outer area. So you need to add more wicks or thicker wicks or there's a whole science to it. Um, but that was my biggest learning experience with the candles. Wick size does matter. Um, oh, here's a fun idea. I actually got this idea from Angela over at Axe and Root Homestead. She posted this on her Instagram stories, I think a year ago, maybe more. Uh, she has the coolest prints in her house. They look like antique art. And then she revealed one day that it's really, um, just, uh, reproductions that she printed off. She purchased on Etsy. She printed them off and then she had them, uh, the digital versions printed at a photo lab and they look really awesome. And so last year I did it with a couple different prints. I found a couple with, I think one had Buffalo on it. It looked like an antique oil painting. One was like a farmer with a cow. So I, I looked on Etsy. I found the ones I wanted. I think they're like 10 or 15 bucks for the digital versions, super affordable. And then I went to nationsphotolab.com and had them printed off, which I don't remember exactly how much it costs. I want to say $30 or less. It wasn't outrageous. Um, you can have them printed in all different sizes. And I picked the luster slash linen paper type which gave the, these digital prints the coolest texture. And literally I have people, when they come over, they're like, Ooh, who painted that? And I'm like, well, it's a, it's a reproduction that I printed off the internet, but it's, it's a fun gift. You have, if you have someone who's creating that farmhouse style or that vintage style in their home, um, you could do all sorts of fun things. And like I said, the print of availability on Etsy is vast. Lots of different options from florals to scenics to animals and farms and vintage and not vintage. So you could go 
crazy with that. Not super expensive, but super personalized and classy. When it comes to kids and homemade gifts, um, a couple ideas. I think there's lots of options there. Um, we mentioned homemade Play-Doh, kind of aromatherapy Play-Doh. You could add your essential oils too. Bundle it with some little cute wooden rolling pins or some cookie cutters, things like that. Uh, another idea, I've never done this, but I've seen it online and I'm, my kids are too old for it now, which is super sad, but I would have done it if I would have seen it in time. People make little felt food, like little uh, felt fruit and vegetables for the play kitchens. I love a good play kitchen. Like it's my favorite thing. And the felt food is so cute. So I know there's lots of tutorials online for it. Like I said, I've never done it, but it doesn't look hard. Cause I don't, I don't sew. You guys knew that, right? I don't sew. So, uh, I don't think you have to sew to make them. looks like some creative glue gunning and maybe some simple stitching and that's it. But check it out if you are of the crafty variety and you like kids play kitchens as much as I do. I think they're a blast and I'm really sad my kids are too old to play with theirs now. Okay. So that was kind of our body, body care items, home ideas that I have. Um, of course, the other category would be food. I love food. I love getting food. I love giving food. Food is so personal and special. Um, really you, you can't go wrong giving food. I don't think, I mean, you could go all sorts of directions with this. You could go, um, if you have a friend or a family member who's really busy, you could give them, I mean, I, I don't think I would be put off by this at all. Someone, you know, gave me a bunch of nine by thirteens of different dishes, you know, especially if you have someone who's a new mom in your life or who's been struggling with an illness. I mean, we all have those meal trains and, and meal groups that we get together in to give things to people who are, who are, who are experiencing tough times. But like, what if maybe, maybe you haven't had a baby, maybe um, you haven't been sick, but you're just, you have a full life. And what if you you know, got a bunch of pans of lasagna and different casseroles and different pre-baked things that you could stick in your freezer. I mean, that's a fun gift. That's pretty homey. Um, breads, homemade breads are always welcome just because most people don't make their own bread anymore, right? That's why it's such a big deal in the homestead world. So if you have that skill and you've been perfecting that skill, um, even if it's not perfect, you've just been doing it. I mean, most people are going to be thrilled to get a loaf of amazing homemade bread, especially if you bring it over when it's still a little warm from the oven, like that's pretty special. I've seen a lot of you cause you've been tagging me on Instagram of the artisan loaves you've been making from the recipe in my cookbook. And you are way better at it than I am now with the way you're like cutting the designs on the top. And they're like gorgeous. These are gourmet. Like you would be hard pressed to find anything similar to those in our nearby town. Like, I don't care which bakery you go to, you're going to have a hard time finding something that gorgeous. So if that's a skill you've been cultivating, uh, you know, bundle up some loaves of bread or some French bread or things like that. I think most people would love to get those. Um, another fun idea for those of you who have cooks in your life, people who like to cook, you get some little, um, mason jars, some little matching jars, check the, the thrift store. Well, it might be hard to find matching to thrift store. Honestly, my favorite place when I need cookware or glassware is I often look at TJ Maxx. I don't go there a lot, but they tend to have a pretty good selection of canisters and random little jars and platters and all sorts of things. And they're pretty affordable. So grab some matching jars um, and then make your own seasoning and spice blends. And that can be everything from like all-purpose seasonings, steak seasonings, pumpkin pie spice, taco seasoning, everything bagel seasoning, um, Italian seasoning, chili 
powder seasonings. You could do the spicy, the mild. I mean, there's a million different ideas and those look really cool when they're all in those jars lined up to each other in a little gift basket. So that's super fun. Um, what else? Jam and other canned goods. Make sure your canning practices are safe. I have heard conversations online where they're like, oh, my neighbor gave me this jar of jam, but I don't think she uses like she doesn't follow like the guidelines and I'm worried it's going to kill me. I mean, obviously that aside, you guys are safe canners. You're doing it, um, with the, the proper practices, but jam is fabulous. Um, you homemade tomato sauce, maybe bundled with some homemade French bread or some homemade pastas that could be fun. Put in into a, a stock pot, go get a stock pot from the store and group that all together. That would be a fun bundle. Um, mixes in a jar are always, super popular and they look adorable in a mason jar. So you can do brownie mixes, cookie mixes, cake mixes, like homemade ones, right? Not like you go buy a box of Betty Crocker cake mix and pour it in a jar, but you know, like homemade mixes, um, hot chocolate mix. I think it was last year, my sister, maybe the year before she made hot chocolate bombs. I've never made them, but they were beautiful. She had to buy the mold and then the melting chocolate. I don't really know exactly how you do it. You melt, you pour like the bottom half, you pour the the powder stuff in the middle, just some little marshmallows, and then you pour the top half on. And she packaged them in the cellophane with ribbon. And it was like, you could have sold those. They were beautiful. And they were really delicious. So those are fun if you have the equipment. Um, and, oh, in the book, if you if you are grabbing the gift ebook, if you don't want to grab the ebook, that's totally fine. There's plenty of recipes online. But if you want them all gathered up and curated for you, we have the book for you. Um, my assistant, Michelle, who you've heard her come on the podcast before, she's like the maple syrup queen because they tap their own trees in New Hampshire. She gave a bunch of ideas for maple inspired goods. So if you have maple syrup from your own land, that's amazing. But if you don't, you can still use maple syrup in creative ways, which feels really seasonal. So um, there's different maple candies and maple stained glass candies, things like that. So that's my list. I mean, there's a, a million more out there. But I think this year more than ever, it just feels good to simplify around the holidays. And for me, that means keeping our decorations simple and, and more nature inspired and giving things that are a little more conscious and meaningful instead of just going out and buying and just thinking a little bit more about what I'm gifting and how it can really enrich the recipient's life. Um, it's also a really fun way to introduce those around us who might not be homesteaders, but just give them a little bit of a taste of our homespun, homemade, homestead lifestyles in a classy, creative way. So that's what I got for you today, friends. It's a little shorter today, a little uh, different episode than what I've been doing. You know, we've been focused more on those deeper conversations, but this one is a little more practical, but I felt like uh, it was a good time to just share some inspiration. So again, if you want that ebook, you can grab it the link in the show notes. Um, this is, I think maybe I shouldn't, maybe this is bad to say. This is like, I think the only holiday related episode I'm going to do. Um, guys, I'm the worst with holiday content. Like my poor editor asked if there was holiday information I can include in my latest book, because it's going to be launching next year on like a little before the holidays. And I was like, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I just, I'm like the worst. I don't, I don't have creative holiday things. Like you seen pictures of my Christmas decorations. I cut some juniper branches from outside. I hang some dried oranges. We have a very small collection of Christmas ornaments that are really random and not matching at all. And that's kind of it. So anyway, sorry if you're looking for really cool homestead 
Christmas inspiration. I know there's a lot of other people who are really good at it better than I am. You can find that on Pinterest and Instagram. But anyway, um, yeah, we'll be back with a non-Christmas topic next week. I just want to give you a little bit of an interlude here to give you some ideas. So anyway, if you have some cool ideas you want to share with me, shoot them over to me on Instagram or tag me in your Instagram post. I'd love to see. And as always, thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. And I'll catch up with you on the next episode of the Old Fashioned On Purpose podcast.